Uh, you're listening to Art Smitten with Jill. And Daniel. And today we have a Melbourne International Comedy Festival special. Woohoo! <laughs> and we are joined on the phone by the amazing Sammy J, who will be performing his show Hero Complex at this year's festival. Welcome, Sammy. Hello, Jill. Hello, Daniel. How are you going? Very well, thank Good, you. Good, thank you. Oh, uh, so, well, welcome to the show. Um, we Just to start off, for like maybe our listeners who aren't super familiar with what you're going to be performing this year, uh, what can they look forward to in your show? I will be doing a show called Hero Complex, which is my, my a solo show. So people may have seen me with uh, my colleague Randy, the Purple Puppet, over the years. But this is a show all on my own, which is um, a very fun one because it's quite a personal tale. And it's all, all about how a federal policeman searched my attic last year. This is completely true. Wow. And I, uh, I, I trace that moment back to a moment 20 years ago when I borrowed a phantom comic from my school gardener. So it's quite an epic uh, story this time. <laughs> I was, um, we were looking this uh, show up before we came in, actually, and I was thinking perhaps you've traded in one small purple friend for a different purple friend, yes. in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, and I was obsessed with the Phantom, the, the, the comic character, as a um, teenager, and, and for some reason, yeah, I think my love of purple felt just continued into, into adulthood. Um, and I was wondering, is it difficult to have gone from, you know, doing sort of a two-man performance to doing this solo show? Uh, it, it's not difficult for me because I started out doing my own thing and, and, and Randy also does his own thing as well. So we've always made a point of you know, doing our solo things whenever we can. Um, but I, we're, I'm also very aware that for the audience, it, it's a little bit of a different gear shift. So I sort of work quite hard in the show early on to, to work make everyone it. comfortable and, yeah, and make sure that they trust me and that they can yeah. still laugh uh, regardless. And that you keep them engaged. Yeah. I guess that would well, be one of the absolutely, biggest Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this show, is, it's because it's such a personal tale, I think you know, quite early on people realise they sort of calibrate because, you know, I've got a lot of videos and, and photos and things from my childhood. And so it's sort of a show that I couldn't really have done with anyone else uh, at all. Um, it, w- it would have been a, a silly to do a show that was sort of just like a, a theatrical narrative show the way Randy and I do, but just without Randy, because that would just be, you know, everyone would wonder where Randy is. But I think when people see this show, they, they realise it's, it's a very different beast. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like something Frank Woodley once said in one of his early solo performances after Lena when Woodley oh, yeah? broke mm-hmm. up. Yeah. What did he say? Oh, he, he would often go on stage and someone in the audience would, would shout out, Where's Lano? Oh. And then he'd find, he would realise it was actually Colin Lane yelling that out in the audience. So he'd be saying, No, come on, Colin, you have to, you have to detach. <laughs> if Randy uh, turns up and heckles me, there will be blood on his purple hands. <laughs> <laughs> and in this show, because you are talking about, um, I guess, lots of stuff that you kind of personally experienced, is that quite difficult to talk about? Things that have actually happened to you on stage to a group of people? Uh, it, it's not difficult, you know, emotionally, you, you know, like I sort of pick and choose what I <laughs> share, obviously. But uh, the challenge with this one was really just the collating of all the information because I've got things like diary entries and school, you know, videos and songs and things that, that I wanted to show. So really the challenge was making sure it wasn't just a self-indulgent <laughs> you yeah, know, ramble, yeah. but rather something that's still, you know, really hopefully really funny and, and, and engaging the whole way, as, as you said before, Daniel. So, so yeah, so... Um, it's not like I'm getting up doing therapy or anything. You know, it's yeah. quite a light-hearted <laughs> show, but it does it does cover a lot of ground. So it's, um, it was more a process of selection that was the hard part because there's stuff that I find funny that, that actually, you know, it's like an in-joke that no one else will appreciate. So I've had to make sure it's still really accessible. Yeah. Absolutely. And actually, how, well, what approach do you take to actually keeping your jokes accessible? Uh, well, I have a, a very scientific uh, formula where effectively I'll put it on stage and then if they laugh, I keep it. And if they don't, I get rid of the joke. And yeah, that's fair like enough. any like, like any comic, you know, that can go both ways. But I um, look to, for me, it's, it's it's really a case of I've got my own style now, and I know what I find funny. So you know, yeah. I think a lot of comedians when they start out, they're more unsure. And I certainly was more unsure, and I'd do things that even I didn't find funny early on, just to try and impress the crowd or whatever. But these days, you know, I think 
when you're confident with what you're doing, um, people tend to come with you a, a lot more. So Absolutely. my approach is, if I find it funny when I'm writing it, then I've just got to trust that there'll be other people out there who, who share my sense of humour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I suppose with comedy, you do get that immediate feedback of laughter, so it's kind of... Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it can, and that can be brutal when, when, you know, you're expecting laughter and there is silence. Oh, but, man. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm not a comedian, but I have been there. It sounds, yeah, it sounds frightening. <laughs> uh, so, and a lot of people uh, who maybe have seen you perform before uh, might, be, or might not be aware that you're a musical comedian as well. Um, will people be able to catch any songs in this performance? They will indeed. So I've got five new songs in the show, which, is, which has been a lot of fun. Some of them are on piano and some have sweet backing tracks where I get to gyrate and dance. Oh, as amazing. I want. Wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but they all sort of serve a purpose in the show. So they all sort of progress the story. Like I've got one song called What Would I Say to Me When I Was 13 and then sort of serenading a photo of me on screen when I was a little 13-year-old and, and things like that. So some, some oh, nice wow. little... Uh, I'm trying to tie the songs into... And another one about fatherhood and how that decimates one's social life and so on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I've got a question on that. You said some of them are, uh, will be accompanied by yourself on piano and some of them have backing tracks. So do you prefer to accompany yourself when singing or do you actually prefer to, to move around a bit more? It, it's a great question and, and, and each have their own advantages, and which is why I'm sort of in this show, I've sort of split them down the middle because, you know, playing on piano I, I love because you can actually respond to the crowd in real time. So if people are laughing more or responding, you can slow down the music or speed up or improvise if you need to. That's the joy of that. But on the other hand, when it's just you with the backing track, you know, you can get some sweet sounds going, some nice bass and guitar and drums and, and build up the productions a little bit. And you can dance. And so, you can, yeah, <laughs> use more body language anyway. Yeah. yeah. yeah my, last, my last solo show, I only had pre-recorded songs, but I did find that a bit restrictive because it, it does stop you from, you know, evolving some of the songs a little more during the season. So that's why it's great having the piano on stage here. As well, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and our listeners might have recently caught you as well uh, on your ABC show, uh, Playground Politics. Yes, particularly the three-year-old listeners. It was my, yeah. my problem's <laughs> delight. Um, it was, I found it so delightful being like, it's kind of like watching Play School, but for grown-ups. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a, a lot of fun and, and it was sort of exactly, exactly what I was aiming for, just to have a, a show where I could sing and, and play with plasticine and things. Um, <laughs> and I, I got away with it. So, um, I just wanted to ask, is it quite different uh, making a show like that compared to, say, working on your stand-up routines? Uh, yeah, very different, like completely different headspace in terms of writing for TV or, or for screen mm-hmm. in any way is sort of the opposite end for, for me of stage stuff because on stage you write something and then you have that experience of getting on stage every night to try and make it work and, and correct it and uh, as we said, the, the audience feedback. But, you know, on screen you sort of have to commit to a script and then, and then just hope it works when it's out there being seen by the world but you don't get that second chance. So it's a little more daunting but, um, you know, to be able to play in a world like that and create a world is, is also really special and, and Playground politics was a really intimate little world where it was actually the very small set of just three of us there when we were filming, you know, camera person and a sound person and me. So that was, yeah, it, 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 to me it sort of feels like a completely different job to the live world, which is a whole lot of different challenges, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. No, it makes perfect sense. Um, and I was wondering as well, coming up with, you know, the whole set design and the sort of the vibe of the show, was that uh, something you'd been thinking about for a while or was that a group project? No, look, I would like to say it was a really well thought through, you know, um, considered approach. But actually, the, the ABC just asked me if I would like to do some daily election updates last year. And this is like a month before the election or two months. Oh, wow. And so I sort of had a day or two to come up with a concept. <laughs> I had two concepts in my head. One was the idea of me in like a spaceship cockpit and I was controlling politicians' brains. Um, and, the other was, and the other was this play school idea. <laughs> and I just committed to that one. Um, and 
yeah, I still quite like the cockpit idea, but maybe that can be an solution. Yeah. Well, well, there'll always be another one, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah, who knows? It could be in a month, for all we know, the way politics is going. I like the sound of it. Yeah, oh, it was so amazing. I was, well, I was just um, speed watching them all before coming in today, actually. Um, but I was oh, wondering. Well, is well, well, they're very easy to speed watch because they're all like three minutes long. Yeah, they're, they're all five enjoyable. minutes long, so they're all very like, consumable. Yeah. So, just to kind of wrap up, do you have any shows that you really want to see this year at the Comedy Festival, and why should our listeners come and see your show? Oh, well, they shouldn't come and see my show at all. I think they'll, uh, you know... In fact, they should only see it if they feel like seeing it, but I certainly wouldn't want to press-gang them into it, so I'll let your listeners <laughs> decide in their own time. I'm not going to do a hard sell. As for other shows, though, there are plenty of brilliant shows. Auntie Donna, Demi Lardner, who else can I recommend? Uh, Ivan Aristogueta. Um, oh, we're talking to him today as well, actually. Oh, well, he's, an yeah. absolute, he's, a, he's a delight. He will charm you. He'll charm the pants off you, even over the phone. Your heart will melt. He has this most beautiful accent and he's yeah, so I'm funny. kind of hoping he's going to go full Antonio Banderas <laughs> yeah I think he'll go full Antonio just for you. <laughs> so yeah there's, um, there's a lot on but I would just encourage everyone the one thing I would say at any festival you know see someone you know or you might have seen on TV and, and who you know you're going to have a good time and also just find someone who you've never heard of and take a chance read their blurb and you know because that's the way you, you end up being able to say I saw that person before they were, they were anyone and that's what I used to do when I was a teenager going to the festival and um, you know that's, and, and also just doing that supports the festival and means it continue mm. going so Exactly. Amazing. So if anyone um, does want to see your show, where should they go to get more information? Um, they can head to the Comedy Festival website and, and or, you know, just search for Sammy J or just yell my name in the street and I shall appear. Amazing. Um, and I'll be there every night at the festival, just near the town hall. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, talking to us on the show today. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having yeah, you. It was very interesting. My pleasure. Love to chat to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cheers.